This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Well, for our teaching time today, we are going to go over the Genesis passage, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. If you look at verse 1 in chapter 12, you see the words in the New King James Version, Now the Lord had said to Abram. But in Acts chapter 7, verse 2, Stephen, while he's testifying and giving his defense before the Sanhedrin, said, The Lord spoke to Abram even while he was still in Mesopotamia, which means that he had spoken to Abram before he got to Haran. We all know the story. Abram takes off, finally, and he goes to Canaan. Now, what we have to think about is that did he have, did Abram have an earthly reason for going to Canaan? No. He had none whatsoever because it says he had acquired a lot of property he owned a lot of stuff relative to how much stuff they could have back then. And he was wealthy. He had a good life. I mean, he was like probably a, a wealthy businessman in Ur and then in Haran too. And so he didn't have any reason to go. And why would have Abram wanted to go anywhere since everything was so comfortable? And it kind of reminds us of, the, of a story from a wonderful scene in the movie Field of Dreams. There, has everyone seen that movie? Like four, five, six, seven, eight times? Now, Burt Lancaster plays Dr. Archibald Moonlight Graham. He did a wonderful job in that part, too. He had hoped to be a professional baseball player once but only played in one major league game for half an inning back when he was a younger man. But he decided to give it up and become a doctor. He settled in Chisholm, Minnesota and was a highly respected member of the community. You see the parallel there? Wealthy occupation and a respected member of the community. But at one point, Kevin Costner's character Ray Kinsella shows up and asks Dr. Graham to come with him to that magical baseball field in Iowa where his old dreams might come true. And Dr. Graham refuses. This is my special place in the world. Once a place touches you like this, the wind never blows so cold again. You hold it like it's your child. I can't leave Chisholm. I was born here. I lived here. And I'll die here. And no regrets. And so that story illustrates what Abram's attitude could have been. Now, what was the difference in what Abram did? He left. Well, he did that. But what or who made him leave? God. God. Okay, good. Now we're on the same page here. Now, could Abram... Let's think about this. Could Abram have said to God, no? Yes. 
People, people say no to God all the time. Now, we read in the Bible where there were four guys in particular who God did not take no for an answer. The first one was Moses. He goes to the burning bush and he's standing there and God says, go to Egypt and get your people out of there. And Moses says, God, I'm slow of speech. Can you send my brother Aaron instead? And God says, I tell you what, I'll send both of you. And Moses says, probably, oh, thanks a lot. So he goes. Now, then there's Gideon. You remember the story? Gideon says, what, what do you mean, mighty warrior? I'm, my family is the bunch of nobodies, and I'm the nobodyist. So I don't want to go. And the Lord says, you're going to go. And he did. We know the story. And then there's Jeremiah, who tells God, God, I'm, I'm just a kid. And the Lord said, so what? I'm telling you to go and you'll be fine. And Jeremiah probably goes, you know, okay, you know. <laughs> who is the most famous no-sayer in the Old Testament? Jonah. Who? Jonah, exactly. Now, we know the story. Jonah gets thrown overboard and this big fish swallows him up and takes him on a tour of the Mediterranean where he doesn't get to be a tourist and see any of it, but he's going around. Now, we can imagine that there's a guy standing there on the pier fishing when this fish spits Jonah out. Now, can you imagine that guy might have been a little freaked out by that? Now, let's think about what it would have been like if this guy would have tried to go into town and tell that story to somebody. You know, he goes and he says, guys, you, you're, you're never going to believe what I saw today. And this, this big fish came up onto the shore and spit this guy out of his mouth. And this guy looked like the creature from the Black Lagoon. He had goo all over him and he had seaweed wrapped around his head. And everybody would say, Al, sit down. You've been out in the sun too long today. <laughs> But anyway, Jonah went on to Nineveh and did his thing there. But Abram obeyed. And that's an important detail. He went and he went just like God told him to. Now he gets to Canaan and there's this issue of why he took Lot with him. Lot was a nephew. And this represents, for our purposes of the story today, Lot represents us being willing to hang on to some of our old way of life and the comfort we knew and taking it with us. But what did Lot accomplish? Not a lot. Now, he went there and he got captured by some of the tribes in the area and Abram had to mount a rescue mission to go get him and set him loose and get all the loot from the captors. And then there was this dispute over the land. And Abram says, I'll take this stuff and you can go over there. Well, or actually Lot chose the low ground. Well, how well did that work out? It didn't. You remember the story? The three guys show up at the Oak of Mamre and Abraham by that time, you know, has been, had his name changed 
and he goes and he prepares and has Sarah prepare dinner. And then it turns out that Abraham has to do a lot of intercession for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so in this way, Lot, the old way and the comfortable way from back home, cost Abraham having to go on a rescue mission, which was probably dangerous, having to do a lot of intercession on behalf of those towns because he knew that's where Lot was. And then the land dispute where Abram or Abraham gets stuck with all the hilltop land and Lot got the bottom land. And so this is an example of what happens when some of your old way of life still keeps its claws in you and tries to hold on. It costs nothing but trouble when you try to go back to the old way of life. So, Abram goes to Canaan. Now, why did God send Abram to Canaan? You know, I mean, if he wanted to raise up a, his own nation of people, he could have done it anywhere, right? God could have called Abraham while he was still in Haran. Well, we found out earlier that he did call Abram while he was still in Haran and while he was still in Ur. But he could have raised up that nation from Abraham there, but he didn't. So why did he have to send Abraham to Canaan? God had to get Abraham away from all of what was familiar so he could build Abraham's faith. Because guess what? As long as he remained in the area where it was comfortable and where he was a leading citizen of the city and he had everything that you could possibly want, it would have been more difficult for Abraham to have paid attention to what God had to say. So he had to take him out of where he was, send him to this new land where Abram didn't have anybody to rely on except the Lord. And that's why he did it. And so that's why we are told in Scripture on several occasions that go out of this house, leave the old way of life, leave the dead behind. What Jesus said, leave the dead to bury their own dead. And you come and you follow me. And in this case, Jesus was not being heartless and callous towards that guy's need. He was trying to explain and illustrate the point to leave the dead life behind and come and go to the new way and follow me. And you see, so he goes and he ends up in a place called Shechem. And... Think about this. This is a significant spot because Shechem is where Jacob came and returned safely when he returned with his wives and kids after sojourning with Laban. This is where Jacob bought a piece of land from a Canaanite named Hamor for 100 pieces of silver. This is where Jacob built an altar to the Lord and called it El Elohe, Israel. This established the connection between Jacob and what became known as Jacob's well. This was the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. 
land Jacob had conquered from the Amorites with his sword and bow in an unrecorded battle. And this is where the bones of Joseph were eventually buried when they carried him up from Egypt. And Shechem's New Testament name is Sychar, where Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. So that ground was fully sanctified ground. And it was because God was there. And so Abram made it. And he became a friend of God. And what, what we have come to know is the father of faith. So if we're going to take anything from this passage today, what we need to get from this is let's listen to God. Let's be willing to leave our comfort zones. Yes, leave our comfort zones. And go do what the Lord says do. Because as it worked out in Abraham's case, it's going to work out a lot better if you do it God's way than it will if you try to do it your own way and in your own strength. Because Jesus, remember, said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And Abraham proves that centuries before. Apart from God, he could have accomplished nothing. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.